Hey everyone, welcome to episode 80 of You Heard It Here Second. New episodes are released every week on DerekAndSteve.com and on iTunes as well. So just search for Derek and Steve or You Heard It Here Second and make sure to subscribe today. The Madden curse could be at work here in some way because all of the players from the Patriots are tearing their ACL. Derek and Steve present... If Nick Saban went out there, lost 34 to 10, and said, there's nothing I can do about it. It's growing pains. Quote, there's nothing I can do about it. He would be... His head would be on a stick. In Alabama, his head would be on a stick. So, that brings us to, because North Dakota, who knows anything about North Dakota, North Dakota pop quiz. Okay. North Dakota, capital city. Derek. I don't know. Bismarck. Bismarck. North Dakota's biggest city. Most populous. I know nothing about North Dakota. I know. Bismarck. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Steve alongside Derek. You're listening to episode 80 of You Heard It Here Second. Derek, how's it going? Hey, it's going good, <laughs> Steve. How's it going for you? Well, it's going pretty it's going, well. You can't throw it back my way. <laughs> we uh, changed it up today. Steve yeah. did a great job with the intro. Uh, it's going well. I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. It's Monday uh, night as usual. As and, usual. Uh, and we're recording episode 80 of the podcast today. I felt confident saying that. You did. You I did. think I flipped... It, you did, and that was the that was what enables you to do it well, was that you just said the words. it in your own words. You didn't try to say my words. You said your words. I almost said, I'm Derek alongside Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there you go. There you, you guys, go. There's a little surprise already right off the bat for you guys in episode 80. Episode um, 80 is lit. So episode 80 is lit. Uh, we got a set that is getting familiar during this time of year where we have BC Update in the beginning with BC Football. Then we have some pop culture, a little bit of pop culture today, not too much, really just one main topic. And then we have sports with the NFL, uh, lots of hot button issues right now in the NFL yes. uh, and political climate clashing. Uh, we have, you know, the stories of our teams playing in the NFL. And then we have a couple of little NBA tidbits as well as that season gets closer. So uh, we'll kick it off with the opening drive. Start with Boston College. So uh, BC this past weekend uh, goes to Death Valley to face number two Clemson. Okay. Nobody in their right mind expects BC to win this football game. They're 34.5-point underdogs when the betting line opens, and they lose 34-7. to Sounds like very believable story, it what I just told you. sounds like that's how it should have happened. Right, and that's what did ultimately happen, except Boston College was tied with this team 7-7 to in the fourth quarter of this game. So uh, what were your first takeaways of this game? So my first takeaways are... It's honestly difficult to be a fan of this team. It is. Because now we play a team well enough. Like, if we played like that against any of the other teams we played against, we win the, those games. All four, all three teams on our schedule before Clemson, we win the we game. We win. Three, we're 3-0 and if we play like that. If we play them. like that. However, we play like that against the second-best team in the country for three quarters and then get blown the, – the doors fall off on the – in the fourth quarter, which is understandable. Clemson's real fast. We were getting beat up. Our defense was on the field a lot. Yeah. Um, th- I mean, the score is not indicative of how well he played. But now I have to sit here and be like, well, maybe BC is kind of yeah. good. Uh, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not yeah. going to say Adazio is earning his way back into our good graces. He is not a good coach. This is a great performance by good players who played their hearts out for three quarters. But if – we can play like this against Clemson. We should be three and one right now. That's definitely true. Um, and I think uh, Lucas Dennis. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this kid up because this is a junior for BC who moved over to safety recently, 
and is lighting it up this year. He's their, been their best defensive player, even though they have Harold Landry on the field. Um, Harold Landry on the field for like 60% of the snaps right. with Steve Adazio. But uh, this kid, Lucas Dennis, uh, I don't. I didn't get his final numbers, but when I checked in, I, I, I had spotty service during this game and didn't really see much of the game, but I did check in Stat Tracker a few times. And at one point, Lucas Dennis had 11 tackles, an interception, and a forced fumble during this game. And he's suddenly looking like one of the better defensive backs in the country. He's starting to get some national recognition in these last couple weeks uh, as being that. So what what stands out to me about that is that we now might have potentially two guys on this defense that are first-round picks, maybe first, second-round picks if he continues on this trajectory. Mm-hmm. And Steve Adazio can't win football games with two yeah. two first-round talents on his defense. Yeah. Um, that's like and he's given State, up 34 like, points in a game. That's like the best teams in the country have yeah, two. Yeah, Florida State has two first-round picks. picks on defense. Like if Now, again, it's premature to say Lucas Dennis is a first-round pick, but the way he's pro- he's progressed this season so far, he's starting to get national recognition as one of the better defensive backs in the country. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that jumps out to me as being very annoying is that is that you're right, Steve Adazio isn't proving that he's a good coach just because the players play hard and, and stay in this game for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um we Boston College was making it entertaining on me again in the fourth. I, I every week I give up on this team and I say I don't care. And this week I was away camping all weekend and I had no service yeah. and I, I it was made aware to me that it was seven to nothing and I going into the fourth and I was like, Wow, okay, I'm gonna try to tune into this to see. So I borrowed my friend's phone who had service and watched the rest of the game or watched a good chunk of the rest of the game. And we got to a point when it was slipping away, you know, Clemson scored a couple touchdowns. They're just too good. I mean, they're, they broke a big long run that gave them, I think a 21 seven lead and Boston college punted on their next possession down 21 to seven with five minutes left. Like you, you have no choice, but to go for it, to try to score a touchdown on that drive, or you will lose the game (laughs) and you punted the ball for what? Yeah. I, I don't understand, so I turned it off at that point. It's classic Adazio where he doesn't – he still has yet to form a football identity. Co- completely correct. He doesn't know in pressure situations what his game plan is. He just go he like wings it based on what happened last game and, and how – if his team's playing well enough or if there's, quote-unquote, the look in Anthony Brown's eyes – which he said last yeah, week is yeah. why they didn't go for it. At the end of the half. So uh, he, that's the biggest problem is that we're dealing with a, a coach who's not a winner, and that's bad. He doesn't have that instinct. He doesn't know when, when the, the game's on the line what to do. He flips a coin, mm-hmm. and it's yeah, always coming up the wrong choice. Yeah, yeah it So is. we are a bad football team. We're 0-2 in the ACC. Um, we – have hopefully a win next week against Central Michigan. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, BC the way opens. we played Wake is is terrible. Yeah. Now, uh, I want to check in on Wake, actually, um, because – Wake update. Yeah, I, I just want to see how Wake's doing. So, Wake uh, – okay, Wake won 20-19 to 19 at Appalachian State this week, which is not a good football team. D2, I think. D2, I think. So they won by one point. Now that said, Wake is four and zero. So I, I mean, for whatever it's worth, they're four and zero. But it's still not a team you lose by twenty four points to at home. Okay. So um, Wake's playing Florida State this week. So actually, that'll be a good test for to see if they're legit at all. Because there are plenty of teams that start three and zero, four and zero against subpar competition and are proven to be fraudulent, like uh, the case of Vanderbilt this week, yeah. uh, going up against Alabama, who some people were thinking Vanderbilt would be ranked and. 
they just uh, got abs- got completely destroyed by Alabama, fifty nine to nothing. So, um, all that said, uh, BC's a frustrating team. We know that uh, they have Central Michigan this week. They're like an eight or nine point favorite. They should beat Central Michigan, um, but then following after that, it just it stays tough. I mean, um, the the end of BC's schedule gets easy, uh, as we kind of detailed in the beginning of the yeah um, the beginning of the season when we kind of did the the preview of the whole season, but they have uh, Central Michigan coming up. Then they get Virginia Tech and Louisville back-to-back, which ranked. are both ranked teams. Uh, Virginia is a pretty easy game, but then they have FSU, then NC State, Connecticut, and Syracuse. So those are you know teams more on your level. But still, it's <laughs> at this point, you can't point to any game and say they're going to win that game because yeah. Wake, Wake Forest was a game that you did that for, and it didn't work out. So – uh, when C- all said C- and done, Central Michigan might be our most winnable game yeah, left Central on Michigan, the Yeah, or, or U- I mean UConn. Sh- I would bad? say UConn should be a definite win. Uh, you you need to for for multiple reasons. UConn, you have to win that game. Like, yeah. like BC cannot cannot slip to New England teams. Like you can't yeah. lose to a team in New England. That is like that that will be rock bottom for this program if they lose to a team. It will not be rock bottom. It will be culture changing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it will. It, it will, be. will flip the script on years and years of Boston College yeah. football. If another, we've just been lucky that no other team in New England has yeah. been that, relatively that's good. That's true. Because if any team, any team at all, becomes relatively good, then they we box lose, you out on recruits. We lose badly. recruits. We lose fans. We lose re- reputation. We lose a lot. Yeah. If of in any other team is an average football team in yeah. in New England, it's true. So. Um, we've seen teams like UMass and UConn start to make strides towards that, and so that's a way bigger game than people will give it credit for. Anytime you face a team like that, it's extremely important that you put a beat down on them, honestly, if you're BC. Um, but anyway, so uh, when all said and done, I've reached the point with BC that I am not so concerned this year about how many games we win. I actually – I'm not reaching the point where I want to root for – I never really want to root for my team to lose to get the coach fired. Like, it's just something that it really feels – doesn't feel right to do, but I certainly wanted Dazio to be fired. And the more important thing I'm looking for now is for Anthony Brown to make strides at quarterback. That's yeah. that's all I need to happen this year at this point because he doesn't. I need stability at quarterback. Like what what I program. loved the first time around was he doesn't get shook. He's like very yeah. stoic. He, he kind of just keeps his head down. Doesn't like show a lot mm-hmm. of emotion on the field. Mm-hmm. However, in a seven-seven game in the fourth, and he's still kind of like sulking around. That's when I kind of want to yeah. see some fire and edge, and that'll he's really, really young. Yeah. So I'm hoping that comes yeah. with experience, but that's what I'm looking for yeah. is that when you're losing, you're under, you're good, you're you're composed, mm-hmm. but also when you're very tight game, you've got that winning mentality. Yeah, that fire. You need yeah. you need a little bit of fire to go with the composure, and so, um, you know, there's a lot more we're looking to see from Anthony Brown. He's certainly not delivered on everything yet, but. Um, he's at least shown more promise than other young quarterbacks that we've had any time recently. Um, we really haven't had any young quarterbacks recently, actually. But, yeah, um, just really but, old, literally just really, really old, old quarterbacks <laughs> um, only. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, you know, the last young quarterback BC really had was Chase Reddick, you know, when he started when we were in college. Um, and he ended up being very average, but I would honestly take Chase, Chase Reddick right now. Yeah. Um, so... But, but, yeah, so I, I think that's my biggest thing this year is seeing strides from Anthony Brown, uh, Kobe White, A.J. Dillon, th- these freshman guys that are going to be with the program for a few years. It's those guys I'm looking for to have strides. Like, if we go out there and lose games, not against Central Michigan, we better not lose to them. But if we're losing games against Virginia Tech and Louisville, 
and those guys are playing well. If A.J. Dillon's rushing for 100 yards and Kobe White's making catches, he made a few big plays in the Clemson yeah, game, uh, and Anthony Brown's not having too many bad mistakes and he's showing progress, th- that'll be all I'm looking for this year because, unfortunately, that's what I've resigned it to, but it's at least something you can build towards the future. So yeah. that's what I'm hoping for for this year, and hopefully Steve Adazio is doing the same thing. Regardless of whether he keeps his job, <laughs> he needs to not coach for his job because that is what will – make things even worse since what we saw him do last That's year. That's what he's so. been doing since he showed up at exactly. Boston College, which exactly. is really, really bad. So I have no faith that he won't uh, do that, but, I, you know, he – that's what that's what he's going to do. So, yeah. Well, any other thoughts on Boston College? Nope. Uh, Harold Landry, uh, you have a note here, is going to be a good NFL player. I agree. He will be. Um, he's, he's getting double teamed all the time he right is. now. He is. Fa- he's very physical. He's fast. He's huge. He, he's – a difference maker on defense. He's a pure edge rusher, which yeah. is what he, – he's the prototypical NFL defensive lineman yeah. in today's game. He's like Julius Pepper. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so I, I agree. He's going to be a very good NFL player. Uh, I did see – last note on that. I did see I – mean, I forget if we mentioned this on a previous podcast, but in a recent mock draft, he was listed as going number two, which is insane. That's like, insane. I, don't, I don't think he's going to go number two, but it does speak to the national attention that he's getting. Um and on and the flip side, the the downside about him not putting up stats this year. So I really hope it doesn't hurt him that BC is so bad and that he's getting doubled every game and he's not able to get the sack numbers. I hope that doesn't drop drop him out of the first round because I think he's going to be a great talent. Yeah. Um. But we'll see what happens. So, uh, Harold Landry not having the numbers this year, but still drawing the attention and really um, getting the national recognition. So, yeah. um, that's it. Any other thoughts on BC? That's it for me on BC. All righty. So uh, I think this is what I have to say about that. Like, dude, like, <laughs> shut up. Like, this, this is over. Are we going to make that a regular thing? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Because you always it's say. It's funny, but then, like. It's funny, but you always say, well, this, this is what, is what I have to say. say. And then it's me talking again. <laughs> yeah. so. um, we got to fix it before we yeah, commit we to fix it. it. Fix it for next time. Yeah. Um, okay. So that brings us into period number two, which pop is pop culture. culture. Um, so we have one topic today in pop culture, unless something else comes to our mind in the interim. So yeah. uh, let's do it like this. Yeah, go ahead. We're going to talk about American Vandal. Yes. We can talk about it up until a point with no spoilers, but then we should probably have to talk about spoilers. Yeah. Do you I think that's f- fine for the I'm pod? a little conflicted because it's so new. Yeah. And, so what do you want to do here? I think we should avoid spoilers. How? Um... It's a good question. We already did talk about it last podcast up and up through what we'd watch six episodes, yeah. I think. So, want to just give our reviews? Yeah, okay. let's give reviews. All right, maybe we sh- maybe we can. No spoilers. spoilers. No spoilers. Okay, yeah. No spoilers. No, it's just here's the thing. I'm gu- I'm guilty because I I've told a lot of people to watch it yeah. at this point, so I would feel a little bad doing spoilers. Here's the thing: if you're listening to this podcast, you should li- you should watch American Vandal. Yeah, and we're not going to spoil it for you here. So you can listen to this section. Right. But you should watch the show. But we, we will talk a little bit about the ending and whether we liked it or not. Okay. So you can draw conclusions from that. So if you don't want to hear that even, then skip ahead past pop culture. But I think we should at least be able to review it with saying how we liked the ending without saying how it ends. Okay. That's fair. All right. So you want to go first? That's go hard. Second? So now I've <laughs> got the hard part. Um, I'll go first. Okay. It is... So well done. Yes. The whole show from beginning to end is well done. It's funny. It's smart. It's very, very clever. It, it, it is a mockumentary, so it's making fun of all mm-hmm. of these different crime documentaries. And it is so well edited, shot, acted. It's just a very good show altogether. The pieces 
are a little incongruent, I think. I think there's a lot. Yeah. They go over so much and so many unnecessary things and things you find out that are wrong because they're test they're testing theories basically mm-hmm. to find mm-hmm. out who did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's for those who didn't listen to the last podcast, some a boy at a high school pulls a prank, or maybe not a boy, someone at someone yeah, at a yeah. high school pulls a prank, and spray paints <laughs> illicit photos. Yep. On twenty seven cars. Twenty seven cars in the staff parking lot. And they think it's this one kid who always does that, and he gets expelled, and blah 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 blah. Long story short, they have to find out who, who does it. Yep. People start coming out of the woodwork saying they saw stuff, they know stuff, and it's all based in this high school reality, mm-hmm. which is very, very, very And it's funny. this kid in the high school who's making the documentary, like a student at the high school. Yes. Um, so all in all, I loved it. I recommend watching it. I do think about 75% of the way through, they got too away from the actual joke parts yeah. and made it very real, which yeah. is fine. But you have this opportunity. It's a fake. Like all these other things are based on real stories. Yeah. So they have real evidence and real conclusions that they have to follow. This time they didn't have to do that. They did such a good job making it funny, but also making it real. Yet they don't. They don't land the ship as well. They don't land the plane as as well as they should. Comedically. Comedically for sure. or. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. So. I, I mean, they, they they sort of they kind of abandon landing it comedically. Yes. And they they end it. Um, too realistic. They end it realistically. Yep. That that's yeah. They end it with a realistic, and a not as laugh out loud final. You know, stretch of 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 episode. Yes. You know, um, I will say the last two episodes up until the last ten minutes of the show, I was on the edge of my seat, <laughs> needing to know what happened. Yeah. I it was there was twists. There was there's stuff going on. Like even until the last ten minutes, you had no idea how it was going to end. Yeah. And then it just turned into like this lit, it like dropped like they, all they of had, the funniness. They had a little bit of a, they, they like it, it brings in a little bit of a reveal mixed with a little bit of a meta kind of step back of, of a, of a section that's like kind of introspectively starting to look at the documentary and what it did, yeah. you know, in the documentary, you know, like the kid adds a part of the documentary that's about the documentary, Stupid. which is, and, and it's these things and you mentioned all these different kind of incongruent pieces that are not exactly all related and not all necessary. Um, and, and I think one thing about I think that I think that these guys, when they wrote this show, they stuck so truly to the genre that they were mocking is really what it comes down yeah. to. Because like I was mentioning to you before, there there were I was reading articles afterwards that there are things just like that in Serial and Making a Murderer where the documentarian starts to get so caught up in things yeah. that they're. They're, they're maybe including things they shouldn't, you know, like like so. And there's this scene later in the in uh, American Vandal where the kid gets kind of called out by someone because they're like, you, you didn't need I had nothing to do with this. And you kind of like put like you embarrassed me, basically. And it's like that's sort of, I think, a play at what was happening in the real in like in like um, making a murder and serial as well. But it's like there's certain the things like that. It's like I know they're being artful and trying to mock this to a T. But they probably could have sacrificed a little bit of that and just stuck to being really funny, but also really clever. Yeah. And been probably seven episodes instead of eight, and been and and landed it with in a funny way. So, so I think that you're you're totally right that without giving away what happens in the end, I think they missed some opportunities to end it with a real funny mock that I think they could even have done. Not even like funny, but just fulfilling. Yeah. Like yeah. they had this chance, like. 
I, I said this right after it ended. I was like, I was so involved in those last two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> that the ending, um, I don't want to give anything away, but it, it left me very unfulfilled. Yeah. And it was a, and it, it's worse because it's a fake show. Like it's <laughs> yeah. based on something that's not real. Yeah. It didn't happen, <laughs> so you can absolutely just make it fulfilling. Yeah. You can do that, and not be beholden to this story or this uh, this genre. Yeah. Just end it the way people want <laughs> it to end. Ugh. And, and so part of me. People are frustrated. Uh, I people, will say that. People are fr- yeah. So so I mean, you can certainly, you can draw ideas about how this show ends by the way Steve feels about it, the way I've described it, the no, way can't. that you're seeing on the internet. No, you can't. I mean, nothing's conclusive. And, and again, like the, I think that they definitely, one thing I think is that they don't care what people thought. I, I don't think they, they care at all what people felt about the ending. They wanted to stay, they, they wanted to keep it consistent with what they were trying to do. With that said, like, like, like you're saying, as far as it being more fulfilling and being, um, kind of being more satisfying to the viewer. I thought that they, they there were clear mocking they stuck points. To, they stuck to their conviction of making this perfect mock of, of these the genre. of the genre yeah. rather than just switch like changing one aspect of it yeah. to make fans happy. which I felt could have still mocked the genre. But but like I feel like changing changing that changing a few things to be directly the opposite of where the genre goes is kind of like a way to mock it too, which is what I thought they could have done. All right. I think we're getting into the weeds because we're trying yeah, to say a lot. We're trying to talk it. around it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so long story short, American Vandal is very good. Yeah. Give it a shot. Definitely watch it. Eight episodes. They're about 35, 30 minutes 30 long minutes each. Ish, very yeah. easy to, to digest. I'm ready to rate it. All right. You want to rate it first? <sighs> no. Okay. I'll rate it first. Um, to summarize on that last point, I was a little bit bummed. I was a little bit disappointed by the ending at first, and then about a minute afterwards, I was like, I kind of reconsidered, and I was, I kind of, I was fine with the ending. So, with that said, what I had said at, at the time, and I still say it now, is that the ending didn't impact my rating of the show, like going into that last thirty minutes of the show. And so, I'm gonna give it a ninety-two. Holy Dragon crap! Fruits. Yeah, ninety-two certified wow. Pattaya Colada. You're s- Freaking certifying yeah, it. Certifying it. Ninety-two. Oh uh, wow. Okay. Well, I was profoundly affected by the ending, <laughs> <laughs> and it it will it will affect my final. All right. Grade. Yeah. All right. Um, take that ending. Because more because I'm angry, not because right. I didn't love it. Right. Um, but a show it made me angry. So I'm gonna say seventy-nine. Seventy-nine. Steve Nicholas avocados. All right. There you go. Watch it. Definitely watch it. But you you're gonna be upset. You're gonna be upset at it. You can chime in on which one of us you lean towards as far as the how you feel about the ending. So it's true. Um, let us know if you if you watch it. And uh, I mean, when all said and done, it's regardless of how the how you end up feeling about the ending, you're gonna thoroughly enjoy. Yeah. The eight episode. Absolutely. Ride I sure. I love the show and I yeah. highly recommend it. But it. And, and, and it's the type of show that, like, a year from now, I would throw on oh, an yeah. episode and be like, like, just because of how funny that main character is and the surround, the whole, the whole thing is just like a hilarious. I think it's gonna age well. Yeah, it will. De- I think it'll definitely age well. So, um, that's that. Any other thoughts on American Vandal? 
That's it. That's all my thoughts. All right. So Netflix. Netflix is doing well. But I think you you told me this uh, last week sometime. I did. Netflix spent six billion dollars on original programming last six year. Six billion dollars. That's, that's crazy. Isn't that wild? Wanted to throw that out there. That's insane. Um, but if you scroll through it now, it's all Netflix original. It is, and, and and like we, I was talking about this with people this weekend. Actually, like it's kind of weird. Netflix isn't making a ton of money. No, but like they're well, not, that's, that's, but they're building the, like a network. That's what the know? article is about. Yeah, they're spending six billion and not making six yeah. billion, so they're yeah. going into debt big time with these shows. Yeah, but, but they're they're building like a they're again they're building a network just like a TV network is. You know, so it's yeah. I, I don't really know how you capitalize on <laughs> that. I don't know how you bring money in from that, but uh, it's interesting. So it's. Because I mean, six billion. If you think about that, six billion is no like they they'll never make six billion from subscriptions. Probably. I mean, that would be an insane. I mean, I guess it's possible, but what would that be? Six hundred million view uh, subscri- subscribers they would need at ten dollars. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're gunning for. You're right, like a yeah. network. Yeah, they're gunning right. to be in everyone's. Oh no, sorry, that would be ten dollars a year to but disseminate whatever information way. they want. Yeah, so it's. We'll see, but uh, just that was a little side note there. I was taken aback by that number and how much they've put, they've spent into original programming. So, uh, so that does it for pop culture, which brings us into sports. Yes, Derek. it does. The Monster Jam. Awesome. All right. Well, that brings us into sports. Huge weekend yeah. in the NFL, which Maybe. I missed most of it. Yes, you did. So um, I'll explain it all to yeah. you. <laughs> um, how so? If you've been living under a rock or camping in Acadia, <laughs> you did not see or hear the news from the NFL this weekend. Donald Trump takes a stand against protesting NFL players. For some reason, he decides this is now the most important thing that we have to worry about in America, changes the narrative from his health care bill, from the hurricane that demolished Puerto Rico, um, and, and decides to, to tweet multiple times, like, Five times ish yeah. about pro te- about taking a knee for the flag, so now all all of America has to worry about this. So because every time he says something, we have to push back a hundred million percent, which I which mm-hmm. we should. But now the um, impetus is on the NFL players to take a knee. So Sunday rolls around, a lot of different reactions from yeah. players and and teams, but the constant around the league was protest and unity among mm-hmm. the players and pretty obvious anti yes establishment anti-trump mm-hmm. sentiments from the players from coaches from a lot of boos in the fans which i think is pathetic yeah i think if you're yeah. booing yes. you're a, a piece of garbage like booing booing during the national anthem is a hundred times more disruptive <laughs> yeah. and offensive than taking a knee during the national anthem like like kneeling down Taking a knee is is respectful in just about every form in life. Yeah. Like when when you knee when you, you you kneel at church when you're yeah. when you're in prayer. You you like you take a knee in a huddle when you pray in a in a football. Like these football players themselves, but growing up in high school yeah. in Texas, you know before the game they all take a knee and they pray. Like taking a knee is not an offensive, disruptive, yeah, or even, interfering way. The, the double bird. There's, there's the nothing you are doing that is disrupting anything. Okay. Um, booing while the national anthem is being played is is offensive and disruptive. Yeah. So, so there's that. There's that. So next, the so the here's where we are now. A lot of players take a knee. A lot of people support them. A lot of people don't. It's just this whole mess of garbage. You should be able. Uh, my stance, and I think it's yours, is protest whatever the hell you want. 
take sit and take a knee please take a knee if you if if that's what you need to do peacefully protest someone is arguing against peaceful protests screw them yeah um anyway so one story that came out of this that is to be noted is people are using Alejandro Villanueva. He's an offensive lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, if you don't know, the Pittsburgh Steelers chose not to exit the locker room for mm-hmm. the National Anthem. They chose to stay in the locker room as a team and and not go out for the National Anthem, which I think is an okay stance That's yeah. because now the players who want to take a knee don't have to be singled out. You're still making a statement. You, you're showing unity, and, I mean, it is what it is. You don't have to come out. This, I, I, I can't call him a, a tool because he's a three-time Army veteran, but this idiot, Alejandro Villanueva, offensive lineman, he served three terms in Iraq. Mm-hmm. He, he, is a, he is a true yeah. war hero. He, he's an amazing guy, but he does walk out alone and stand for the um, ceremony with his hand over his heart. All these right-wing nut jobs are cl- saying he's a true hero. This is what true Americans do. Look at this, like. He's the only person in the league that actually respects the flag. And today, Alejandro came out and said, I absolutely threw my teammates under the bus unintentionally. It's not what I meant to do. I'm completely wrong and embarrassed. Every time I see that picture of me standing by myself, I'm embarrassed. And he went on to say, we as a team tried to figure it out. Um, I butchered it, uh, but I've learned that. He goes, I know what my teammates have gone through. I'm not going to pretend like I have this righteous voice. Um, and you should sit or stand for the anthem. Do whatever you want. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So he comes out now and says, I'm an idiot, and you are an idiot. I yeah. mean, you, you, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Yeah. You can come out and stand for it. But at this point, it it's not respect for the flag. It's not respect for your country. Like, that's not what this yeah. is about. It's, and that's what people are making it about. And, and that, you yeah. just made it about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's no there's no easier way to put it. It's like – it's since when did this become about the military it it never was and that and and this is i think we talked we had a related conversation about kaepernick a while ago and i had mentioned that i think it would be it it would serve kaepernick well to speak i mean kaepernick is not speaking about anything yeah and it's like it would serve him well to speak and explain from the beginning what this has been about because people ran with this narrative that it was anti-military anti-america somehow that he was sitting for the national anthem and then now more people are doing it and it's like oh everybody is saying it's more kaepernick behavior it's more like people you know disrespecting the flag and all this and all that and it's like the fact that that's still the narrative is 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 insane it's it's there's no other way to put it it's like it's ridiculous that it can't get through to people it's just looking at at the world through i mean we're not going to convince anyone listening to this podcast we don't need to get all worked up about it people listening to this podcast agree with us (laughs) like but it's it's looking at the world through this lens of only things that you think and like if because you pick red versus blue because you chose red and your red president literally and figuratively said the nfl kneeling for the nfl is bad so now you have to figure out a reason why it's bad so you create this reason why we stand for the flag and why we put our hands over our heart and why like there's all these people. Do you stand when you sit at home and no, watch a game? Nobody no. does. Nobody does. It's not about that. It's, I know <laughs> it, it, exactly. It's it's so dumb. It's not about it's that. So and, dumb. and and 
the whole thing is such a mess. Like this. So the, the the silver lining is that the message is getting out, and more players are being forced to speak about this yeah. that that wouldn't otherwise have to speak about it. Okay, so that's the good news, and it is at least unifying a group of people that otherwise would stay uninvolved. You know, there are high-profile athletes speaking out against this and, and calling for action, which is a good thing. And that's what we've needed more of, you know, more of what Kaepernick did, really. Except, like I said, I wish Kaepernick would vocalize more. Yeah. Um, but th- the reason this is all a mess now is that now there's people – so, so like, now, so <laughs> we're at a point where it's like, so what do you – so you look at a guy like like this Villanueva guy, right? And, like – that he that's a buffoon thing to do to come out later and yeah. say like I threw my team under the bus like I'm ashamed of what I did like what yeah. do you mean like you knew what you were doing like you were the only person to come out of the locker room yeah but 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 just stepping back from that a second and pretend he didn't make any of those comments later the fact that anybody would be looking at this guy who stood and put his hand over his heart for the national anthem and say that's the wrong thing to do now we're all the way back to the other side <laughs> yeah. of like now you shouldn't be standing for the national yeah. anthem like where well, what are, <laughs> this is not about whether you're standing or sitting for the national anthem like. That that's what's like. So <laughs> listen, it's it's having the effect it's supposed to have. Yeah, it's making people uncomfortable. People are having to talk about it, mm-hmm. and people are having to confront themselves on why people yeah. are, would do this. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like, do it, they that, that is do true. they think you can't actually think that 150 plus players in the NFL all decided to disrespect the military? And flag together for that reason. It is. It what reason? Like, use your brain. What reason do you think they're, they're doing that for? Like, why you do you d- think they're doing? You that? describe them as whack jobs correctly for a reason. Like, I, I'm, I'm. There's just, I, I can't rationalize and and get mentally connected with the people who are taking that stance. Like, like I, I saw an article the other. I saw an article today that was like a some quotes from Matt Light, who's a Patriots Hall of Famer, former offensive lineman. And he, like, you know, saying how ashamed he is of, like, the Patriots organization that, like, they allowed half the team to take a knee during the anthem. And it's like, I, I cannot understand it. I, I just, I, I can't wrap my head around it. The people who think that, okay, so you think that that's, you think that they're sitting there. You don't think that, that almost, like, a third of those guys probably kneeling down have direct family members that have been in the military. Yeah. And, and that have probably given their lives for the country. And you think that they are just like, yeah, you know, screw him. Like, yeah. I'm going to kneel for the anthem because why? Like, like, yeah. <laughs> like has, has anybody asked because why? Yeah. Like, no, like all the people that are mad about this are just mad that they're kneeling for the anthem and are not thinking for one second why they're doing it. Like, they're just jumping to the conclusion that they don't like the military or they don't yeah. like America. Like, that's a ridiculous thing to assume. And, and, until, and finally, more people are speaking about, you know, like you said, they're forced to confront it. But the problem is that there's so many people that are just so close-minded right now that won't look at the yeah. reason why it's happening. They just refuse to look at it. So yeah, and that so not to bring it all the way full circle from last week, but that's also a reason why I think Spicer getting in on his own joke is okay. Yeah, because there are people who are so vehemently defensive now, just because it's been such a it's you're either on this side or the other. Yep. There's no middle ground anymore. Yeah. And if you can inch towards that middle ground anyway, mm-hmm. whether it's this discourse and having people talk about it, whether it's Spicer getting in on his own joke and people saying, "Yeah, that was messed up." Whatever. Yeah. I think trending towards the middle is better for people to try to work this out. Yeah. To ride on the back of that, 
there's another hilarious sports <laughs> take. Uh, some sixth grader who runs the White House tweeted out, "I so and so is not coming to my birthday party, so he's uninvited." <laughs> so Donald Trump tweets out, "Steph Curry is wavering on his whether he's gonna whether he's going to come to the White House or which not." He wasn't, by the way. <laughs> Invite withdrawn. <laughs> yeah, which he wasn't wavering. By no. the way, he wasn't going to the White he House because White he House. doesn't support the president. Yeah. Which is which is which is his right. Yes. And uh, yeah, so so pre- President Trump uh, revoked rescinds the Warriors, I believe, not just Steph Curry. Was it the Warriors? I, I believe he said disinvited he said, the Warriors. He said essentially. invite withdrawn. Yeah, he didn't say, I, like, who, I think who the heck that was cares? interpreted as going. the Warriors. They're not going to yeah. go. So, um, which is now great. great yeah, for them. that's cool. Like like <laughs> nobody cares about that again. They it's, all it's went the last childish. Year. <laughs> like it's the. Eh, uh, I'm just glad that so many now other athletes are now speaking out about it. It's yeah. like other guys are saying, well, you know, I think Alex – I saw a great Alex Smith quote. I don't know if you saw that, what oh, Alex Smith said. I, I did. I can't remember what he said. I, I can paraphrase. He basically said – basically he was like the president has should have way more important things to do than – like suddenly now he, he's – all he cares about is the NFL. Like yeah. I don't understand that. He's got a lot more important things on his plate. And like he, there was more to it than that. That was sort of his punchline. Um, LeBron James. I love what LeBron James is saying. Yeah, I, you I, I don't like LeBron James, you obviously, bum. but this yeah. is way bigger than sports, and this is way more important than sports, and what he's doing is phenomenal. It's great because, because he's got a huge following. And he's and taking a stance. Yes, and that's what that's what every athlete like him needs to do right now. Um, even like you know, even guys like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, who have been much more passive with this thing. Brady never wants to talk about this because yeah. you know all the stuff Brady's with him being been friends a little with him. But pushy. He's, he, he's been a little bit more, which is – which he needed to do for his own image because yeah. he's been associated with Trump in the past, obviously. So he kind of had to come out and voice a disagreement you, with it. Did but you see the official statement from the, Brady? I I don't think so. It's very I, I love I it because he's like actually he's like yeah I'm, I don't support these divisive comments, but yeah, it's yeah. so Brady in that he's like um, I just want everyone to get along. <laughs> yeah, and have, he's like yeah. I just don't want yeah. any. I just want my teammates. I love to my be, teammates yeah. and I want them all to be happy and yeah, I want yeah. us all to get along. I think I did see. It. I think <laughs> I did see it. I couldn't remember if it was like the official or if it was just some tweet I saw. But yeah, I, I believe I did see the statement. Um, I saw I saw a Bill Belichick statement, which was did you see the Belichick no. statement? Oh my god, it was like the most like I kind of want to pull it up to just to read it. Um, because it's the most Belichick thing you'll ever have heard. It like like. This says the most words without saying anything like that I've ever seen. Let's hear it. Like it's so like because you know how Belichick talks in press yeah. conferences and things, and then how he writes um, letters. I'm gonna read you Belichick's um, statement, which is somewhat lengthy but not like super long, okay. and just try to try to th- find anything of substance in this. Okay. okay. Quote: I have immense respect and admiration for our players for how they conduct themselves professionally as New England Patriots, and for how they represent themselves, their families, and community as men. I've coached football for over four decades, and one of the greatest things about being in this environment is the diversity of the people, backgrounds, viewpoints, and relationships are fortunate to experience. As with any large group of people, there's a variety of perspectives and opinions on many topics. Discussions occur between myself, individual players, groups, and the entire team on an ongoing basis. They concern the team and other issues surrounding the team. I'm going to keep the specifics of those conversations private. I will do what I feel is best for the team in my role as head coach, and collectively, we will work together to find the best way to, pr- the best way to proceed. Yeah. What? <laughs> like, I'm going to – he, he says – I'll paraphrase that. He says, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions on a lot of different things. I'm going to talk to all of them, and we'll figure out what the best opinion is. <laughs> That's what he said. Um, 
so I, there was a little bit of good stuff about like diversity and backgrounds and stuff. That was like hitting on. That was starting to hit on the correct point. And then, yeah. he, and then he says, we're going to do what's best for the team, which is what he always says. So which is, don't and, say anyway, what. the point is that people the, 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 the main point is that people who would not comment on this are now they have to comment on it. They don't have a choice but to comment on it. And we're getting goldmine stuff even more now from guys like Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr, oh, who have God, always been so great. They've always been outspoken about I it. Love and, those and those guys. two guys are, are the best in the league about it. And so um and so, it, so all those things are good, but it's again not a good situation. It, it's it's those are silver linings coming out of it, but it's it's not a good situation, and obviously it's it's uh, one of those things you want to bang your head against the wall. So, so, Derek, yes, I don't want to put you on the spot, yep, and put you on record. All right, but we're going to the Bucks Pats game. Yeah, Thursday night. We're going to be in a football stadium yep. for potentially an anthem if yep. we get in on time. Yep. Are we sitting for the anthem? You asked me that today, and I hadn't actually thought about it one bit, which is kind of surprising. I don't know why I hadn't thought about it because yeah. it's a big issue. Um, and, and I, I was, it was, it was interesting thinking through your own, your own stance yeah. on this. Like, what do I? So, do um, I do it? Yeah. I've always at a sporting event. I've always stood yeah. and put my hand on my heart for the national anthem. I want take my hat off. To take a knee. Yeah. But do I do it? Right. Yeah. And so, um, I think the answer is yes. I would take. I would sit. Um, I would sit with my hat off and hand over my heart. Yes, I think. I think that's a good compromise. And the here's here's what it comes down to is that you're you're weighing these two options, right? And like, yeah, I've always stood and put my hand over my heart. So that's what that's what every all these whack jobs are saying is the reason that you should do it is because you've yeah. always done it and that it's respect it's respectful, quote yeah. unquote. Um, so which issue is more important is the question. You know, like, is it more important for me symbolically to stand and put my hand on my heart, or is it more important for me to acknowledge? the reason that you would sit. Yeah. And it's way more important to acknowledge the reason you would sit. Correct. Than it is to acknowledge some some hollow artificial gesture that's that's just purely traditionalist of why like we stand and put our hand on our heart because that's what we do. But yeah. I have never done it in my living room and I've never <laughs> done it if I'm not watching the game or if if I'm driving in my car and they play the national anthem at noon on the radio on some stations, <laughs> I don't pull over and get out of the car and stand and find the nearest flag and put my hand on my heart and face it. It's it's this thing that people are so. I yeah. think the weight of the two symbol, the, the the weight of the two symbols on either side, it's much heavier on the side of sitting down. And so, I would probably choose to sit down at this point if it was if it was as part of a demonstration. You know, yeah. if it, like I wouldn't do it to. I probably wouldn't do it if I was by myself in a crowd. You know, like I, I don't think that would do draw we the do weight. It? I think we can do it. Do I think you, we, me, and John Griffin do it? I think I think we do it. Yeah. I think we do it. It's a long song. It. I was think, singing it in my head. It's pretty long. It's a long time to be sitting. It's oh. pretty long, and it would certainly be more awkward if everyone around us stands. Yeah. But it's more awkward. I think it's honestly. Uh, this is totally maybe not correct, but yeah. I think it may be easier if you're on the field to do it. If you're a player. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I have no clue if that's correct or not. I can't take a knee. I can't take a knee. Yeah. I have to sit. You just have to sit like you're apathetic. You yeah. Know? Because like, yeah, because I, because again, I, we should move on from this. But like, it doesn't. When a player takes a knee, when a player's on one knee with his, hel you know the pose I'm talking yes. about. He's on one knee with that's, his helmet, his hand like on his helmet. That's not a disrespectful pose. Like, no. like what? I, <laughs> it's not I, like they're I, mooning I the flag. No, okay, now so the last thing on this topic is that. I would have more of an understanding for the people that are sort of going after the guy. So, did you see what LaShawn McCoy did? Yeah. LaShawn McCoy was like stretching, stretching and yeah. like ignoring the national anthem. That I mean, might he, be too far. Hey, the, he's doing his thing, man. He, he's doing his thing, but is he protesting at that point, or is he like 
So that that's a little bit. He's that's where I start to go to the gray area. But if people are mad about the the the, the one knee thing, it's like. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what to say to you. It's not. It's not disrespectful at all, in my opinion. So, yeah. um, all right. So let's move on to some a, a few minutes of real stuff. Actual real sports. Football. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I right. want to talk about my team. You don't want to? No. Nope. All right. So we won't talk about your team. Um, the Pats played the Houston Texans. I missed most of the game because I was uh, camping, which I'll get to in my final drive. I I followed the end of the game on Stat Tracker. Watched the highlights later. So, long story short, the Pats were about to lose to the Houston Texans at home. That's like the bad part is yeah. that they the Texans aren't very good and the Patriots defense got shredded by Deshaun Watson and what is generally con- perceived to be not a great offense. Um, no. The Texans had no trouble scoring on the Patriots. Um, that said, the Patriots offense, as has been the case in many recent years, bailed out the defense. Um, Brady gets the ball back with two and a half minutes left and, and somehow wins the game on a touchdown to Brandon Cooks. Very Phenom- the, the throw and catch was unbelievable. Everything to, to about Cooks. that drive was phenomenal, yeah. but it's – it's so clinical. Like, they got the ball back, and I'm like, well, this game's over. Brady wins this football <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, so it was – so, again, it was reassuring, obviously, to see that as a Patriots fan. But, um, you know, <laughs> so we were with one of our other friends. Uh, Jonas is his name. And he had – he literally had the same reaction that you would have had if I was with you. Um, yeah. When the when when the, the Patriots held the Texans to a field goal and got the ball back, yeah. he was like he was like, all right, should we hit the road now? Like we were we were at, we were at like a rest area, yeah. like eating some food and following the game on Stat Tracker. And he was like, well, you, you don't have to be nervous; they're gonna win. Yeah, like the, they, that's I was what like, they I was like, they're now by five points. Like they're they they need to drive the field and score a touchdown. That's not easy. Like it's not guaranteed, but it's it's been the way it is with 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 Brady. So um, they do come back and score. But as a Pats fan, you don't feel great about the defense. So. Um, I don't have much more to add. Like I said, I missed most of the game. I think it's great to see Brandon Cooks getting involved. I think it he was pretty quiet in the first few weeks, and he's obviously a very explosive weapon. So yeah. um, it's good that he, they were able to get him involved. And he, I think he showed some of his skill as a receiver beyond just a speed guy. Because I think, I think sometimes the the rap on, on Cooks has been that he's just a really, really fast guy, but he's not like that good of a receiver. Mm-hmm. He made some great catches in this game. Uh, in, in particular, the touchdown catch where he toe tapped at the in the side of the end zone. So, um, uh, question. So, yes, it was unbelievable. Patriots are continuing to show that they're a good football team yep. in the NFL. However, there's a lot of bad football teams. In this, <laughs> there are a in ton the, of bad football teams in the NFL. Can you name the two undefeated teams? The Falcons are undefeated. Correct. Right? Um, I think I know that the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Yeah. Correct. Um, so those two are both good teams. Both good teams. The Falcons haven't looked great. The Falcons looked good against Green Bay. I didn't see their but game this week. They've pulled, they did not look good this okay. week. Yeah. They, they, well, actually, they were the team that almost lost on the line. You didn't see that Lions play. Um, no, I missed. I won't that describe too. it, but they lost yeah. on. They lost by one inch and then a ten second runoff. Oh wow! Yeah, because wow. they had to review a scoring play, a touchdown by oh. the Lions with eight seconds left. Wow! And he was down at the one inch line. And that's an automatic 10-second runoff. What? After that's crazy. After, after a review? review? Oh, my God. I didn't hear about with that no at all. T- with no timeouts. I had no service. Wow, that's so, crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I suppose it makes so sense. So they spend about 40, not 45 minutes, like 15 minutes reviewing the play, which everyone's going nuts, and the stadium goes quiet. And then they come out and go, Game's over. Game's over. You lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The stadium went nuts. Yeah. Um, um, so, but yeah, so the Falcons and Chiefs are both good, even if the Falcons haven't been very impressive. The Chiefs have been very impressive. Um, Everyone else has got a loss. The Giants look bad. Giants look bad. The Jets beat the Dolphins, which means the Dolphins are really bad. The Saints um, beat the Panthers. Yeah, the Panthers have looked bad. The Panthers are 2-1, but they look yeah. bad. Uh, you have nothing to worry about with the Panthers in that division, I feel mm-hmm. like. 
Uh, the Saints Seah- are bouncing Seahawks back. Look bad. Seahawks look bad. The Broncos lose to the Bills. The Raiders look terrible against the Redskins. So a lot of a lot of teams that were perceived to be good had really let down weeks. I think. I mean, Denver. Except one team staying consistent. Is who? The Browns. The Browns, 0-3. And, and the Bengals are 0-3 as well. Yeah. Um, the Bengals are really – Marvin Lewis has got to get fired this year. <laughs> he got to be. Um, finally. But, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much that. A lot of bad teams in the league. Anything else you want to talk about with bad teams? Not with the NFL. Okay, neither do I. So, last topic we'll go with with sports is in the NBA, a pretty big trade drops uh, so, out of nowhere the other day. I'm going to make a statement. Yep. And one of my friends made this statement this weekend, and I thought about it. I was like, wow. You might be right. Mm-hmm. This may be the biggest offseason the NBA's ever had. I think it has been. This I think may it be has the, been. The most high-profile, big-name players being traded at one time in one offseason. I think that that is true. Um, Want to go through and name them? I have a graphic that I just saw recently. Pull so it up. Yes, I'm pulling it up right here. Okay. So we have uh, – Is it in order? All, uh, it's not in order. Uh, I, is it in order? No, it's not in order, but all stars changing teams this offseason. Okay. Yeah. All stars. Kyrie Irving. All star. This is just all stars, not even like other good players. Like these are guys in the all star game last mm-hmm. year. Uh, Kyrie Irving traded to the Celtics. Gordon Hayward signed with the Celtics. Isaiah Thomas traded to the Cavaliers. Jimmy Butler traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Chris Paul traded to the to the Houston Rockets. Paul George traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Carmelo Anthony traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And Paul Millsap signing with the Nuggets. Eight all stars. Change teams wow. this offseason. And that's half the guys in the all that's almost half the guys in the all star game. And D Wade just got bought and out. And D Wade just got bought out. He was not I don't think he was an all star last year, but he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So um and he will join probably one of the teams I just mentioned, probably Cleveland or Oklahoma City is what the rumors are. Um so that's potentially nine eight all stars in a Hall of Famer changing teams this offseason. Not to mention Derek Rose went to Cleveland as well. So mm-hmm. like that's another high profile guy, even though he's not exactly that good anymore. Um, just so much movement around the league. And so uh so yeah, you can continue with is, that thought. I, but say, that, I think that, that's is that mean we're in for a great NBA season and things are changing? Because I remember last year and the year before that, we were upset about the state of the NBA. We were. And we're closer. We're, clo- I think we're, we're closer. closer. I think to there's more teams it. that I can say are wow. These they all have a shot now. Wow. Although there's the I think the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting way poorer. Yes, that's definitely true. And while we might get to the end of the season and see the Warriors win a finals in five games again, that that easily could happen, and we could say we're nowhere else, we're nowhere better. I think that we're getting closer because I think that the playoff matchups should be should at least be way better. Okay, yeah. like I don't think you can There were some playoff I matchups think, that I didn't want to watch. I don't think that you probably wouldn't have wanted to watch almost any of the playoffs last year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean like like let's be honest, if you weren't living in Boston, you probably wouldn't have even had a blinked an eye at the Celtics Cavs series. I, I mean and and on the Warriors side, they nobody really competed with them either. I think this year on one side in the East, I think that you'll certainly be more intrigued by Celtics Cavaliers than it was last year. I think it's clearly a more intriguing matchup, both team-wise and storyline-wise, with Kyrie Irving on the Celtics now yeah. and Isaiah Thomas on the Cavs and the whole Kyrie-LeBron drama. And, like, there's a ton of stuff going on there. So that's more intriguing. In the West now, I think the West is fascinating because yeah. last year in the West, we had the Houston Rockets, who were one of the best teams in the league, with James Harden having an MVP-caliber season. And they're adding Chris Paul, who's one of the best point guards in the league now. So ridiculous backcourt there. Oklahoma City has Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and Carmelo Anthony now. Um, 
you have I- obviously Golden ISO State. City. Yeah, it's I- apparently I some read some stat. Russell Westbrook and Paul George both are top five in ISO points. It's literally <laughs> Carmelo just gonna, is also an ISO. Yeah, scorer. it's literally just going to be whoever takes the ball up takes the next shot. And, and they need to figure out a, a way to change that because that's not going to work as yeah. far as if they want to actually go anywhere. Um, it's also interesting to see what their future is because all those guys might leave. <laughs> like the Thunder might be left in ruins after these guys' contracts are up. But um, so you have them. You have teams like, obviously, the Spurs are still there. You have even teams like Minnesota. Minnesota's good now, too. I mean, with Jimmy Butler in the fold with Towns and Wiggins and guys like that. So the West has a ton of teams that I think are going to be competitive. Even if not at Golden State's level yet, it should be competitive playoff series, at least at this point. Yeah. Well, the East so the East is still the East is top s- two heavy. The East is still top two heavy. Um, you know, there's obviously going to be fans that are going to claim that Washington's there, which – Washington took the Celtics to seven games last year, so the Wizards are a good team. But, you know, are they a good enough team now to beat the Celtics or the Cavs? We don't know. There's a couple more teams, I think, in the East that can say they're getting better. The Sixers are getting better, obviously, but no one's there yet. I don't think so. There's a lot of worse. There's a lot of teams getting worse. The Chicago Bulls are now horrifically bad. (laughs) I mean, the Bulls are so so bad now that they they got they got rid of Rondo and Wade from that team last year. I mean, remember that series with the Celtics when they went up 2-0 and was shocking everybody. Yeah. When Rondo went out, it was like, who was on the Bulls at that point? Like, when Rondo got hurt. It was like, Jerry and Grant was starting at point guard, and, and everybody, and Dwayne Wade, if he didn't somehow go nuts, the team was just a bunch of corpses. And Robin Lopez was, like, the only guy doing anything for them. Yeah. So, the Bulls are, te- uh, they're just terrible now. And, you know, you got the Nets, teams like that. The Milwaukee's pretty good. Um, what do you Milwaukee's think about the Magic? Got, the Magic are pretty bad yeah they're, so, they're stuck in lottery limbo yeah, they're, they're well they might get into the lot they might be higher this year they might get uh into a better pick maybe worse yeah, this year sorry, better yeah better suited for lottery this year <laughs> um so yeah so the the nba you're right there's while the the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer enough of these kind of secondary rich got richer to make it yeah. at least a better battle the two percent of the riches yeah so now the two percent is at least competing for the title instead of one but, uh, you know, obviously Golden State's still heavy, heavy, heavy favorites to win. But all you're asking for is an army of teams that can that you can hope can yeah. kind of derail this final. The matchup, NBA so. is a player's league. So you pick yeah. a fair player. That's what you do root yeah. for them. Or it's a mid-majors league. You pick yeah. – you root for, like, the funnest team. Like, the team that you that, – that dunks the most. The team that, that is hitting outrageous threes. Yeah. Or, like, the Bucks because they have Giannis Agagupa yeah. tempo <laughs> yeah. and he does crazy things. Like, yeah. You don't really die hard for your team unless they're really good. Yeah. But the majority of the teams aren't. It's true. So the NBA is is back on the check out our players, yeah. look at these big threes. Mm-hmm. Let's just pick one of these teams and root for them this year, yeah. and pick a new one next year. And, and certainly for that case, it's good for the NBA because there's more team there's more teams that people will follow. You know, I, I mean. People are probably gonna pe- people that have like league pass, for example, are gonna start. They're gonna want to tune in and watch the Thunder. You know, at the beginning of the season, they're gonna want to see those three guys. So, um, so I think that's it. Any other any other thoughts on NBA? We're still still about a month away from the season starting there. So, um, that's it. Anything good? All right. Sit on the NBA. I think that brings us to the final drive. You wanna go first? You wanna go second? I'm gonna go first today. Derek. All right, do it. Cool. So my final drive is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Uh, watched that recently. Derek kind of watched it passively. Um, and this is my review of it. It is just okay. <laughs> uh, it's funny. They, it, the 
actors and actresses are great. The scenery's great. The fight scenes are great. But the story is so weird and strange that it's such a such a far cry from the first one which is just like a good old action like bad guy movie like oh you're rooting for the bad guys because they're actually kind of good this one was there was an actual world ending bad guy who was related to Chris Pratt but wasn't really it was just a really weird story and I mean I would watch these characters in any scenario so that's why it was good but this the storyline itself wasn't great however great soundtrack very funny. There were some laugh out loud parts. Um, overall, just an average movie. You'll probably catch it on HBO in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, Steve Nicholas, Avocados, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ooh, Volume go. Two, seventy-four percent. All right. It's not bad. It's not bad. Not great. Not great. Not bad though. Not bad though. So is that it? That's Good? it. <laughs> All right. Uh, my final drive is the what I've referenced a couple times this podcast. I was off the grid all weekend at Acadia National Park camping in uh, Blackwoods Campground at Acadia. Uh, there's a bunch of us. There's 16 people there. It was a great time. It was uh, basically the, the majority of it was Saturday hiking. Um, much different than any hikes I've done before. It was uh, kind of like on the edge, on the side of a mountain, kind of like cliff side uh, with rungs, like metal rungs that you sometimes are climbing up. You know, that's one of those things you look down, you get kind of scared, like a little bit of an adrenaline rush type of thing. So uh, it was a great hike there, some great views. Um, brought my camera with me, so I got some good good photos um, from the tops of various peaks and kind of cliffs and oceanside views um, at Acadia. So highly recommend it. It's, uh, it how, how far it, is it? It's a, it's a long drive. It's about a six-hour drive probably wow. when you factor in a stop or two. And so it was with, if you cruise straight through, it's like five hours, I think. Um, so it is a little bit of a long drive, but, um, and I think a little bit later in the season would have been really, really, uh, picturesque with some of the foliage that would happen later in like October. Um, we weren't quite there yet, so it was mostly still green, uh, with all the trees there, but still nonetheless, lots of great views, um, good hiking trails. We didn't even hit nearly everything that's there. So I, I mean, I shouldn't say nearly, we probably hit about half the things that are there. So, um, you certainly could make a longer trip of it if you were kind of prepared and ready. Um, nice little town area, Bar Harbor, right down the street. So, um, highly recommend Acadia. Hopefully, we'll I'll end up going back there again next season, uh, maybe a little bit later to get some of those better fall views. But um, ultimately, great trip, and I highly recommend if you are looking for a spot to go camping or try to you know plan a hiking trip, an outdoors trip. Acadia is a great place for it because it's just a just a Hop, very picturesque and, and beautiful place, and a little bit of a drive, but it's okay. So. That's that. Um, Acadia National Park gets two thumbs up from me. So. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. No rating. If I had three, I'll give it three. Um, I'll give it like an 87%. It's a nice, it's a nice place. I would say That's good. 87 certified. I'll say 87 certified. Wow. Certified yeah. Pattaya Colada, but it's not like uh, it's like I would like Marry like the last place I would go. And, like if I was going to die tomorrow, you know, I wouldn't go to Acadia. But, you don't have to. You um, don't have to. But, so yeah, there you go. 87%. <laughs> so um, that's it. Anything else? You got anything else? I think, we're, I think we're done here. Uh, no, I'm out. I'm out. All righty. So that's it for episode 80. We'll see you guys next oh, week. Oh, actually, one thing. Yeah, go. Do subscribe, please. Oh, yeah. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. Come on. Just do it. 
listen to the episode. Just play the episode, even if you don't listen to it. <laughs> just press play every week so we get the play. Yeah, show. and tell your friends. If you, you want a sponsor, we haven't talked about sponsors yeah. in a while. Yeah, let's get a sponsor. Come on, I'm challenging someone who's. Li- if you're li- if you're still listening right now, it means that you are our friend. So, <laughs> <laughs> or or a business <laughs> a businessman looking for a good opportunity. Right, and that opportunity is here for you. So let us know. Okay. Episode 81 could be yours. We'll see you guys next week. Later days. <laughs>